Okay, and we should be live. Let's give it a few minutes for people to come into the show. Uh, nice surprise for everyone. Uh, I had a conversation with Candace uh, privately, and I said, how do you feel about maybe just running um, uh, 15 episodes every week rather than kind of going it every two weeks which I thought would be nice for, well, for one, for us, because summer's coming and that'll alleviate a little bit of uh, our, alleviate our schedules a little bit, allow for us a little bit of time in the afternoon. We were also considerate, and Candace made a good point, that people are busy during the summer. And, uh, you know, who knows if they're going to have time with maybe taking care of children or vacationing or summer jobs or what have you, that maybe it's better that we kind of run through this series, 15 episodes every week, every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Central, and then uh, we'll discuss the potential for a, a season two if, if uh, we would like to do that come fall time. So you'll be seeing our faces every Wednesday at this time, every week, 15 episodes. I generally like to go episodes with, uh, with a kind of season to kind of get a feel of, you know, what we need to do next round and that sort of thing. It also creates kind of a sense of urgency for people to come and watch because uh, we're here to add value. So that being said, my co-host, Candace Harper, how are you? Hi there. Hi, my love. How's everything? Excellent. Excellent. Um, I will. Uh, <laughs> today I had a couple of emergency coaching calls for clients, which uh, did um, disrupt my, my morning flow a little bit. It wasn't on the schedule, but uh, I'm looking forward to giving you most of the airtime today. I want people to hear from you. Um, I will, of course, do some talking and lead the conversation to places that it needs to go. But I want people to hear from uh, Ms. Harper today. Uh, real quick, I'd like to run our intro. Uh, that way you kind of know uh, what's going on. So uh, just give me a few minutes. Uh, let me pull this up here. The official ENC show <laughs> of introduction. Uh, I'd like you guys to get to know Mrs. Harper or Miss Harper rather uh, and uh, know what she does, learn about her. So we'll be right back after a quick intro. There we are. So uh, welcome back, guys. Uh, this stream is available to members only today. So if you'd like to participate, uh, we'd, ha we'd be happy to have you on. So become a member. Uh, also, I'll be dropping the link, which I'm going to do now. I'm going to drop the link now. That doesn't mean you're going to come in now, but you will come in soon. We are on a time crunch today. Uh, we have some things to do. So we are going strictly two hours today. So do not wait uh, <laughs> to join us. And... Uh, here we go. Let me post this. There is the link. So uh, let I'll let you know when I want you to come in. You do need to be cammed up. Uh, but if you have a question for Candace or myself, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so, Candace, uh, today the, the topic was brought on by you, actually. Real quick, fragrance of the day. I do want to get this out of the way. Uh, an absolutely beautiful fragrance. Could be signature fragrance for a, a man. This is from the House of Creed. This is Millicene Imperial. Uh, absolutely gorgeous bottle, gold. You know how we roll over here. Um, great sprayer. Sex in a bottle right here. If you're wearing this around a woman, man, and she's feeling you, it is over. It is absolutely over. Uh, sensual, musky, uh, but, a, but a nice musk. Uh, very well blended. Uh, I'm going to have this in the description of the video in the champion store uh, where you can pick up items that every champion should own. This is, this should be on your dresser. <laughs> this should be worn, especially in the summertime. Again, from the house of Creed, this is Millicene Imperial, beautiful bottle, definitely uh, a big boy fragrance. And so I see Ken in the background. Ken, uh, uh, please be patient, sir. Uh, it's going to be a little bit, but we'll, we'll be happy to have you on. 
Okay, so time to get into the show. So I, I produced a video not too long ago um, that Candace appreciated, and she thought it would be <laughs> a great idea to discuss it uh, from the man and woman's perspective. It was titled, um, Never Move In With a Woman. And uh, she thought I brought up some interesting points. And one thing I will say about uh, Candace is that uh, she takes me very well. Not <laughs> uh, she's there's some strength there, and so a lot of self uh, awareness because she's able to sit with me, Amanda, who probably she agrees with for some things, but uh, I'm sure she opposes some things. Uh, I don't want to speak for her, but anyway, why did you like that video? Why did you feel it would be a good discussion? And uh, we'll get into it. Yeah. So, well, a couple things. First of all, in watching the video, I noticed that you have an energy that I like. I like this energy that you have that's very much like dad, here's the law kind of energy. <laughs> and the thing about what you were saying about never move in with a woman, like I, it resonated with me as being a, a very valuable jumping off point for mm -hmm. even more nuanced conversation. Because yes. a lot of what you said resonated with, with, a past relationship I had that was one of my worst relationships. It was my worst relationship where I let him move in with me. Okay. So I think there was just a lot of validity to the things that you were saying. And yep. there's a lot more layers to add on to it because the only thing that gave me pause was the never. Because okay. you know, I'm all about like possibilities and everybody being a field of possibility. And mm -hmm. I thought it'd be fun to like really dig into the conversation to see what, what makes it make more sense. Because overall, as a general concept, a man looking to move in with a woman, not a good idea. However, mm -hmm. in these economic times and, you know, you live in Chicago. I, I used to live in New York City. Now I'm in D.C. Like in these expensive cities, sometimes logistics dictate other things. So I thought it would be good to talk about the emotional things that can enter in and the questions mm -hmm. that you should ask yourself when you're considering cohabitating at all. I like it. Uh, question for you. If you can kind of let the audience know why that relationship with that individual was the worst relationship. Uh, you mentioned that he did move in with you. So can you give us kind of a rundown as to you know, what ha what transpired and, and why you determined that that was probably one of the worst relationships you've ever been in. Yeah. So we we got together for all the wrong reasons. We both were in a place of not the best emotional health and we were both in a place of need. Right. Mm -hmm. So he needed like some sort of autonomy. And and I won't say he needed a place to stay because he had a place where he was staying, but it wasn't. It was a family place like he was living not with his parents, but with family. And, you know, he was in this transitional place in his life and, and addicted to marijuana and, you know, just a lot of things going on that made him not relationshipable. And I was in a place where I didn't realize yet that I could be okay single. Like I had to actually take time to be single. And I had, I had been taught growing up that I always had to be in a relationship. So I'm a recovering serial monogamist like that I okay. always have to be with someone. And so when I met him, I was, you know, I had been single for a short period of time. And for me, that was like panic moment. Like I can't stay single. Like that's not what we do in my family. And so we moved in for all the wrong yep. reasons. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Who encouraged uh, being with someone um, in your childhood? I'm definitely, both my parents, I would say mostly my mother, I think, because I have to say, with my parents, they, they're, you know, they're of another generation. So they're very committed and devoted to their, their marriage. And you know, my mom recently passed away a couple of months ago. They were married that entire time. They were always together, yep. but not happily. <laughs> like not in love with, not because they wanted to be there, but that, that's what their generation does, right? And so me and my sisters, I have no brothers, we were raised to be wives. Like, you know, my dad didn't really think that we had to learn financial acumen, although somehow my older sister did. Um, you know, we were just raised to be somebody's wife. Like, don't worry about the hard stuff because, you know, you're going to find a man. He'll he'll take care of everything. You know, so when I became an adult, my mindset was I have to be in a relationship. Even if I don't. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I believe that your parents had the best intentions when they did that. They were also kind of grooming you to do things as they did it. Um, 
However, there is something to be said about uh, realizing that times have changed a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, to say the least. Uh, that doesn't mean it's gotten better or worse. It's just changed. And uh, I like to look at change as, as neutral, uh, to not really you know, be opposed to it or to resist or, you know, to be opposed to it or d- to rush toward it too much. It is what it is. And we're, you know, we make changes, but um, how would you, let me say something to you. Um, you mentioned that he wasn't really in the best position to be um, 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 a productive participant in a relationship d- given his habits, maybe his uh, financial situation. Uh, would you agree that uh, he was struggling there? Um, not, not because he couldn't, he couldn't bring it in because there's a lot of people out there, both men and women, okay. who can bring money in but have no sense of financial responsibility, don't know how to be their word when it comes to money. So he was always working, okay. but he okay. was not financially responsible. What would he spend his money on? Weed, his, I mean, okay. you know, just whatever whims, whatever, you know, came so emotional up. decisions, emotional, emotional uh, purchases. Yeah, no okay. planning, okay. no investing, no saving, just kind of like whatever I feel like spending money on right now. He'd take me on like a random trip. And at the time when it was like fun and romantic, I was like, oh, okay, let's do this random trip. Meanwhile, you know, he's spending whole paychecks yep. just going on random trips with no plan in mind. Were you aware that he was doing this? Uh, were you aware that he was kind of a fly by the seat of his pants kind of guy? Did you know when he was doing extravagant things that um, he was kind of living in the moment and not really securing a, a financial abundance? If I'm honest with myself, in hindsight, there were signs of that before we ever moved in. We dated for about a year before we moved in. There were definitely signs of it that I ignored because I wasn't in a healthy mindset. I was like, need, I got to have this boyfriend. So, you know, and the awareness became more so as we were living together. Like I started to learn more and more about it. And when he would not, you know, show up with his financial responsibilities in the house, that became- Yep. I was just going to ask that question. Was this like a 50-50 thing that you guys, uh, I guess this kind of goes into the rules of cohabitation to some degree, but was there a conversation, a preliminary conversation where the two of you sat down and maybe had some sort of discourse like, hey, I'll be responsible for this, you're responsible for this, and so on? Yeah, we definitely had that conversation. And I think because we both were kind of in a state of, you know, because I wasn't like completely financially responsible either. But we did have a conversation and, and, you know, there was sort of a, a, some rules set in place, but we were both kind of non-committal to everything we were doing. (laughs) So as soon as it started to break down, it was like, you know, when one's out of integrity, the other one goes out of integrity and who knows which came first, the chicken or the egg. We just both like, it just started to all fall apart. For the sake of the audience listening, uh, would you say then, then um, your, that the two of you were made for each other essentially in the beginning then, uh, given that you're saying there were some similarities, yeah. uh, different emotions driving your uh, your decisions. So so would you say that initially the two of you were a good match? Yes. It, okay. and I wouldn't trade okay. it for anything. We were a good match okay. in the sense that I learned so many lessons. I'm hoping that he did as well. And we, and right now there's no, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but there's no animosity. Like, even though it was the most Mm. volatile, abusive, irresponsible relationship I was in, in my entire life, it was a turning point in my life. Okay. So, okay. Very good. And I like that you said that Uh, real quick, just shout out to uh, Jay Belay's 11 for a contribution to the broadcasting in separate places keeps uh, helps keep the spark. If you are meeting up a few times a week, each of you look forward to seeing each other. Yes, that's very much the dating phase, I would say. Uh, And that's true. He's not lying. Um, And so we're kind of going into those that are considering cohabitation. But although that was a very valid point and and one I agree with. where did I, there was a question. You mentioned abuse. Mm-hmm. Can you describe this abuse for the yeah. audience, please? Yeah. I mean, we got to a point where, because we were, in, in, in both of us in a lot of ways, we hadn't grown ourselves up emotionally. And one thing I would say, and, and you know, later I'll share these questions that I think are important to ask ourselves before we get into cohabitation. They came out of what I learned from this. So we both kind of went in with our need and our expectations and hoping that the other person was gonna fill them. And so as soon as that started to sort of not happen or to dissipate, it just became a snowball, like a slow build of you know the, 
the disrespect started and it starts in like little insidious ways. And then mm -hmm. it, it escalates when a fight happens and the fight never actually ends. And then, mm -hmm. you know, or you just have makeup sex and you keep moving on, or, you know, you, you start to like mm -hmm. not communicate about things, but be passive aggressive towards each other. And ours did get to a point where it became violent and really volatile. I mean, I, I could tell you stories about being left on the street and he would get really drunk and, yeah, it definitely was a very dysfunctional relationship at the height of the of its of its abusiveness. And I say I, I take responsibility for how I was abusive as much as you know he yeah. was abusive. And I don't think it's, you know, I, I I'm absolved from it because he was abusive. I think that we mm -hmm. both came into this thing with our own ways of trying to force the other one to be something. And yes, I think yes. a lot of times men have, a, have a, a physical way of doing that. Women have an emotional way of doing that. And it just becomes mm -hmm. the clash. Yes, yes. It was almost like it was uh, the perfect ingredients to produce this storm. Yes. You know, like what you brought and he brought, it produced this perfect storm that was continual. Um, real quick, just for the ladies that might find this video. Um, how are women abusive in relationships? Uh, can you give me a few few examples of maybe how you, what toxicity you brought to the relationship? You mentioned that he was uh, uh, financially irresponsible, uh, that he uh, was physical with you as well, clearly had some bad habits, drinking, um, emotional in a lot of ways too. So um, how did you contribute to that? Like, how were you abusive toward him? I think the first step, typically for women of toxicity is to ignore the things that you know aren't going to work in the relationship. Because as soon as you do that, you set yourself up for then having to deal with those things that you said you didn't want, right? So if, they, if you see that they have maybe a substance abuse problem and you go ahead and get into a relationship, that's the beginning of toxicity because there's nothing more toxic than only being happy if the other person changes. So as soon as you yes. know there's things about that person that you're going to need to change in order to stay with them and you stay with them anyway, you're, you've sort of started the avalanche of toxicity. And so it's different for different women. I mean, you know, some women are very um, uh, reserved and introverted about it, like give a lot of silent treatment and do a lot of emotional kind of manipulation. And some women, it's, it can be very like yelling and screaming and, you know, causing a scene and slashing tires and all of those things. Like, I think... <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean for for yes, both of course. genders, yes. there's the, there's that worst of the worst behavior that we yeah. all have, right? So I think for women, it just starts with not being completely honest with yourself about whether this person is someone you really can love and accept. Good. Uh, that, I like that point. I did take. I did uh, note a few things here. I guess we can kind of go into the, the rules now. And uh, thank you for that commentary. It, I think it's important that people understand that two people that uh, magnetically attract, uh, in my opinion, they're they're attracting on emotions a lot of the time, and they're also attracting on uh, continuing routines and addictions. So whether you know this or not, you might be your point of attraction to someone could just be furthering what needs to be uh, healed within you. And that's something I don't think most people are even like cognizant of or even thinking of. They're just like, oh, that's that's a, that's attractive. But it's like, OK, why is that attractive? Yeah. I, I like to get into asking men and women, why are you attracted to that? Yeah. Why are you heavily pursuing that? I like that. what needs to be resolved within you? that you feel inept if you don't have that. Mm -hmm. And so these are questions that I know that you ask in your field as well as mine. Um, I'm going to kind of tone down the <laughs> how I would want to present this uh, because it's just unnecessary. I think I've said it before. I will remain congruent, but uh, I am very adamant, very, and I'm not budging on this. Uh, and I'm speaking to the men. And I also am looking out for the best interests of the woman, mm -hmm. although the women won't appreciate some of the talking points I have here today. They won't. Uh, and there might be a few that I, that do or that might say, you know what, he might be right, although, although I don't want to admit to that. I think he's right. And if I look at my track record, that happened. Mm -hmm. um, I will say this. I'll start off with something that's neutral. Both people must be self-sufficient in order to consider cohabitation, mm -hmm. meaning I have to be easily maintaining a household. Mm -hmm. You have to be easily maintaining a household. We don't need each other for that. Mm -hmm. um, I am not, uh, as you pointed out in the beginning, 
with the economy, uh, what things have changed in the last couple of years, people have been kind of, uh, I think what happened in the last couple of years was a blessing in disguise. Although, although some people would disagree, I would, I understand the point that many lives were, were lost and I understand that aspect of it, but I think it has forced you to really take a look at how you operate your life. Mm -hmm. You know, well, how, you know, even the, the quarantine, it, it put people closer together and you're like, do we even like each other? Do we even love each other? Like, are we even attracted to each other? Are, and maybe we are attracted to each other. And this was a nice vacation for the two of us to kind of catch up on some lost time and some romance and, and building uh, uh, our relationship even further. So I will say as a first point that in no way, shape or form should a man or a woman consider entering a cohabitation Without an agreement, that's another thing. There are, you know, agreements that can be formed, which I think is very wise. I think there should always be some sort of contract, mm -hmm. especially if you have something to lose. And if somebody's unwilling to go forward with a contract, um, that's a warning sign, yeah, in my opinion. Um, but I will say that both individuals should be maintaining their livelihood and their households efficiently, or there should be no discussion of, of uh, cohabitation. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also think that that, um, you know, having those logistics in place is also a sign of whether you're emotionally maintaining efficiently, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, because rarely, rarely are you maintaining efficiently emotionally if you can't maintain your survival and your ability to, to thrive as far as your living mm. Yeah. Absolutely. I Totally now, now there are some instances where maybe there's a man in his 30s meets a girl, 21, mm -hmm. 22, and she kind of lives still at home, maybe a college student. There are other instances where, you know, maybe that isn't a possibility because she's never moved out. Mm -hmm. However, she still has to demonstrate stability emotionally. Um, you know, that sort of thing. You know, she also has to demonstrate. I mean, you have to you could look at a, how, how people maintain other things like, you know, uh, do you have credit? Have you have you sought out the importance of establishing credit? You know, some young people now you talk to them 21, 22. They're like, I don't even have a credit card. I'm like, OK, we got to get going on that. We have to get you established. Uh, you know, how do they pay bills? You know, what do they spend their money on? Um, friendships. You know, how close um, how glued are you to friendships? I, I am for having friendships, but I think some people believe that who you were single is who you think you'll be when you're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I do not agree with that. Yeah. I, and this might be the part where people feel, you know, a little, a little separation. I don't have, I have a few close friends that I would call brothers. Mm -hmm. And when I say a few, I'm talking one to two. I don't need more than that. We don't talk every day. We don't text every day. Um, um, my livelihood, my passions, my 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 girl, my close relationship, uh, my mother, my pets, these things are most important to me. So I feel like another aspect that needs to be evaluated is what are you bringing into this relationship? Are you bringing in the single mentality where I'm still going to go party on Friday, Saturday night? I'm, you know, I'm still going to do a lot of the things I did when I'm single. Are you bringing in the relationship energy? This needs to be evaluated, in my opinion. What do you think? I think what you're pointing at actually ties back to the example that you were using of, let's say, a responsible 30-year-old man who has his life established. If he were to choose a woman who is 21 and you know, uh, you're saying that he should see if she has emotional stability. The thing about that is that most often in those cases, I think that men prioritize fuckability over everything. Big and facts. Think, <laughs> and I think that that is is where issues come in. That is where it becomes problematic. Mm -hmm. Because if you make fuckability number one, and I get it, Oof. that men can be yeah. very visual, then you have to know that there's going to be consequences with that. I love that point. And I, and I actually teach men to stop being so visual. Um, yeah. I, this is like a big part of my uh, my bread and butter message, which is, you know, it kind of begins and ends with you, but you have to look beyond beauty. I mean, I've been with enough beautiful people. It's like, you know, are you responsible? Do you, you know, do you clean up after yourself? Do we get along? Do we have constructive conversations? But I do believe that a lot of this has to be introduced by the man. I don't think that it's 
the woman's responsibility to bring ultimate structure to a relationship. I don't believe that. I believe she does contribute to the structure. She does um, add to the stability, but I don't think the foundation should be built by women. I, I, I just simply don't. Me, I think it's- Give me an example. Mm -hmm. When you say ultimate structure, give me an example of what you're referring to. Because are we talking financially or are we talking about emotional structure? Both. Both, really. Um, I, I, you know, it, it all depends on what you're looking for, too. So if I'm talking to a man who makes- $150,000 a year. He, he lives within his means. Um, he does enjoy occasional luxuries, but he is very well managed financially. Uh, let's just say even emotionally. Um, I don't think that he, he is necessarily looking for a woman to come in um, and, and add money, give an offer of money. He, but, but it would be in his best interest to make her feel included in on what he's doing. So for example, I run a business now. It's a profitable business and it will continue to be profitable. Mm -hmm. And so um, if I bring like my girl, for example, she's going to do work for me. I want I want a girl who's not heavily connected to some sort of career. See, this is the problem with two career people. I think potentially it's not a problem, but it's something to look at. Mm -hmm. If you're very driven, she's very driven. But you guys are kind of like going in separate directions with what you're driven on. I think that can potentially be a problem eventually in a relationship. Like, what do you think about that? Like, do you think, do you think like if, um, or for example, let me just make one other point. Let's say that I go out to a job every day. Um, I'm gone 10 hours a day. I make a good living. I would say it depends on what the motivation is. And again, we're kind of, kind of go back to, you know, why are you in the relationship to begin with? Let me just make another quick point. I don't think that two people should live together unless there is you're 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 working toward marriage. Hmm. I personally I don't see the benefit in it, especially if you're a man. If you're a man that has options, and I'm not just with women, but just options. I mean, you've got a good network, you make a great living, you you have a, a lifestyle that you that you're very fond of. Unless you actually want a family and marriage, why would you live with a woman? I'm just, I'm asking if, if you find a self-sufficient man he, that doesn't need to live with you, why should he live with you then? Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. Actually, I think that anytime there's cohabitation, unless you're ultimately planning to stay together, it's not worth it for either. I don't think it, it brings value to either if it's just going to be a, a short-term thing. And I think that most people go into it feeling like, we're moving in because we are going to be together for a long time. It's just that we go into it without putting anything in place. Right. And to your point mm -hmm. about the dynamic. So, you know, because we, we talked about this before that you do prefer a more traditional dynamic as far as, you know, I've, I'm the main breadwinner. You don't really have to bring in money. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I do think also that there's room for other dynamics. And it's the, the idea is that you want to find the cap for your bottle. Because there's a lot of couples out there. You look at Beyonce and Jay-Z and who's that political couple, James Carville and uh, I can't remember her name. Um, you know, there's a lot of couples out there where their interests are separate and they're both very powerful or they're both very successful in what they do. And there's a lot that are out there who have, uh, you know, they're sharing businesses, they're partnering together and they have a marriage and that works for people, right? And, and then there's a lot of couples out there where the man is the main breadwinner. I think there's a lot of couples out there where the, the woman is the main breadwinner and that's a whole separate dynamic as well. But the point is that you got to find the one that actually works for you. That's going to be sustainable. And there has to be agreement laid down, everybody living in integrity with it. I think we get in a bad habit as, as content creators and coaches sometimes to bring up these billionaire couples sometimes like, look at what Jay, you know, although I agree with you, but we're talking to people who don't make that kind of money. We're talking to people who don't have that kind of shine and network. We're talking to people that, that practically can't even support themselves maybe outside of six months. You know, let's face it. A lot of these people that want answers, I mean, they, they don't have their shit together. So, you know, um, you know, hey, let me say something too. It's not that I don't want a woman, speaking for myself, it's not that I wouldn't want a woman to bring money. I think it's in her best interest to contribute. Now, uh, that can be where she does work for me, uh, which, which so, you know, there's this thing in the manosphere where guys say, get on your purpose and women will, fall, will follow you. 
Let me get your opinion on something. Have you heard of that? Like men get on your purpose because uh, when you're uh, engulfed in your purpose, which I have a video coming out about purpose within the next 24 hours. Mm -hmm. But when when uh, there's this thing, which I feel is a defense mechanism to begin with, I feel like that's like defense. Like, let me get on my purpose so I get focused on making money. And then that, therefore, the woman is going to kind of respect me. Let me ask you a question. Let's say you meet a guy that makes quarter of a million dollars a year. Um, all he does is talk about his job, and for the most part. He talks about what he does. He's a, he travels. You know, he has a he has a, a, a network of businessmen that he associates with. Um, is that attractive to you? Is that attractive to women? Is it attractive that he has it all together financially? Is that what you're saying? Not, not yeah, he has it together financially. Yes, I mean, is, is that something a woman looks at when she's thinking about relationship? Uh, I'm trying to like teach the men like the mindset of a woman, like when she's making a decision on a man. How mm -hmm. important is his financial um, intelligence? You know, it, how he thrives financially. How important is that when making a decision for a relationship? I think it's his level of responsibility for a healthy woman. It's his level of responsibility financially. So if I'm a healthy woman and I'm not about, you know, trying to necessarily create a show of my life. And, you know, even when I, when I use the example of like Beyonce and Jay-Z, like I get that they're, they're, you know, billionaires. It's not comparing the amount of money. It's that ability to be able to get with somebody and create. So I think for a woman, what she's looking at, a healthy woman is looking at somebody who can I get with this person and we can create the life that we want together. And so sometimes that involves having a certain level of finances, but mainly it involves having a level of responsibility around finances and being somebody who can create what they say they're going to create. If they say, baby, you know, we're going to uh, have a house together with a picket fence and three kids and we're going to raise them to be great people. And that's what you get on board with. You know, I think that that's what what healthy women look for somebody who they can do that with. Okay. I like that. Uh, I'm going to ask, I'm going to kind of go in a different direction now. Uh, and I'm going to start kind of going off on things that I feel men need to consider. I will say this and I will, and, and I, and I don't believe I'm going to change my mind on this. I don't believe that the man should pursue a relationship with a woman. Mm -hmm. I think he should date a woman mm -hmm. and I think he should observe, but I do not think it is in the best interest of, himself her or the dynamic between them for her, for him to be introducing why don't we live together why don't you be my girlfriend uh, do you want to have children i'd like to have children with you i want to be with you now it is weird this is a very weird thing what i'm about to say and i'm not happy to report this this isn't like i'm like so excited to report a, let me let me let the audience know something when i make videos i do not think to uh to myself <laughs> I'm she's shutting the drapes on this one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not think, I want my audience to know this. I do not think when I think of a video to make, boy, I have this grandiose idea and I just can't wait to share it with people and make people feel horrible and make people, I, I don't want to do that. A lot of the truths about life, although in my view are quite beautiful because I don't want anything but the truth, but there's some disturbing truths. There's some things if you, once you get to experience women enough you're going to see some things. Some people call this becoming red pill aware. Have you ever heard of that? Red pill? I have. I have. <laughs> okay. There are things that you're going to notice, with, not with all women, but there, there are some things that happen with women. I didn't design women. I don't know why they, they change. I don't know why when you illustrate weakness or show too much um, emphasis on being with just her, that sometimes women tend to be turned off to that. So I'm going to say this. I feel that the woman should be actively campaigning to be with you in a relationship, and it's not something that a man should do. However, I do think that he should show her that he is observing her and he is interested in her. But I think this whole lovey-dovey talk, let's move in together. I want you to be the father of my children. You know, I want to live with you. I see a future with you. That should all be introduced and vocalized by women. What's your take on that? Well, here's the thing. This is where we diverge a little bit, Cochio. <laughs> I know, I know. I respect your opinion. I, and I tell women this as well. It is so important that we not generalize either, each other. 
So I, I don't let women say all women do this, or this is, or I mean, all men do this, or this is how men are. So you got to do this or, um, you know, just, just sort of make up their mind about the limits of other people. Because honestly, I, I feel like when we do that, we set ourselves up to try to have some level of control over how we interact. And I, I feel like that's almost impossible to truly, I mean, you know, on some level, yeah, how you show up does create how you experience other people. But to actually be able to control how it's gonna go, you can only put some, some things in place for yourself and then, you know, hope for the best as far as that's concerned. And so I think we have to be very careful saying that all women uh, disrespect a man who really pays them attention because healthy women love it. They love a man who's present and wants to move the relationship along and is interested in the next steps and, you know, shows up and does nice things. Like healthy women love that because once you know how to love yourself, you want somebody who matches how you love yourself. And I think for a healthy man who really cares about himself, he wants a woman who's going to encourage him and do nice things for him as well and show up in a loving way. And I think in order to have that, you got to be that, whether you're a man or a woman. I appreciate that take. Um, I will tell you from my perspective that I believe that men and women should love differently. Um, how I love is a very in a very uh, stable, stoic, masculine way. That doesn't mean that I'm sitting here like the Terminator all day and there's no emotion, there's no laughter, there's no charisma, there's no. I mean, there is that, but even in the um, the moments of humor, there should still be this level of masculinity present. And I've seen in hundreds of women, I, I, I agree with you with the generalizations, mm -hmm. which I didn't mean to propose that as a generalization, although it may have came out that way. <laughs> but there are not enough counterexamples to what I'm saying. I mean, I'm listening to men and I'm saying you, how you start is how you finish. And women do pick men based on, you know, their their need, as you put and emotions. And so do men. But in my experience, the dynamic between a man and a woman, two healthy people should be where the woman is really expressive with love and the man is very expressive with stability. Mm. I think I, I, that is his way of loving. I, I just want to say him protecting her, guiding her nurturing her, teaching her and coaching her and giving her assignments. Now, women are not going to like that. See, see, I, I, the assignment part. <laughs> Why don't women want to serve men? And this is a complaint. This is something that's coming up when you when you and, and but I believe the man is serving the woman, too, sure. by by pulling the best out in her and introducing her to beautiful things that she does exceptionally well and equally pointing her to things that are detrimental within her. Like, I believe this is the man's job in a relationship to guide her, coach her, and to bring the absolute best out in her, which sometimes does require you showing her a nasty ass mirror that is necessary. So what is it about women? I don't understand this. Women are like, like, I'll tell a woman this. We're sleeping in bed. We're equal. We're equal. Whatever. I don't know. And I'm not saying that you're, you're saying this, uh, Candace, because I don't believe it's you. But men and women are not equal in any sense of the word. They're, they're, in my opinion, they're not equal. Let's say a burglar's in the house, and I'm like, hey, uh, hey, Candace, I'm going to go in the closet and call 911. Take your ass downstairs and, and take care of that for me. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> women are going to say, punk-ass motherfucker right there that I'm with. He didn't even protect me. Okay? And, and so, like, there are things that I think we use as crutches. So what I'm saying is I believe that the woman should be affectionate, should be like, what can I do for you, husband? What can I do for you? Even even if you're just dating him, if she wants to be, if if she wants you to be her husband, she better be treating you like it now, not later, not when she gets a ring, but now. You're a wife now. You don't become a wife when I when I escalate things and 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 graduate you to to wife status. You're you need to be. I need to be a husband now too. I don't wait to be a husband. I show husband. Uh, potential husband characteristics now. Now, and so I'll throw it back to you. When I mentioned the word serve or service, you know, provide service or value, however I worded that, your eyes went like this. So I, I just uh, want to know why that was. Well, they went back down after you said that a man should be of service too. I think that's what relationship is, that we should want to be of service to each other. 
But the thing that I wanted to um, ask you about, there was a couple things that you said, because <laughs> you get a lot in <laughs> that I want to address. So, so with the, the coaching and the um, assignments and all of those things, there's a, sort of a dynamic setup, if I'm hearing you correctly, where the woman is there, there to be trained into what the man wants mm -hmm. and also be there for his service and, and pleasure. However, what do you say to the argument that a lot of women rightly make? Yep. And men as well make this argument that when a woman is uh, uh, giving a man sort of, I guess, wifely um, privileges and service and love and showing him how much she, she wants him and she's very affectionate, a lot of men will consider her to be low value because they don't have to do anything to try for her. What do you say about that? I would say that's an unhealthy man that I would say that is an unhealthy man mm -hmm. who, uh, who doesn't desire peace, mm. uh, who doesn't desire structure and stability. That, that would be a woman that I would tell women this, mm. if your man is bored with you, get away from him. Mm. If I uh, get away from him, he needs too much external stimulation. Men should not need a ton of fucking external stimulation. I want to say that passionately. I think men should want to have sex all the time. Now, it's one thing. What I mean by that is having too many partners, wanting to fuck all the time. That is, a, in my opinion, both men and women, got people that want to fuck all the time are unstable. In my opinion, you're an unstable person. So then for people who are listening, how does one balance out, you know, being someone who shows the other person how much they care about them, being involved in the relationship and th their, the other person's interest? So if I'm a man and I have this woman who, you know, every time I turn around, she's bringing me something, she's of service to me. If I want sex, she gives me sex. If, if I need her to do something, I can train her the way that I want to train her. She does what I want her to do. And then what? I get bored. <laughs> again, again, to that very good question. That's a very good question. And I respect it greatly. A man that gets bored easily, you should not be with him. Not necessarily easily. Now, here's the thing about that, because there's there's definitely evidence that suggests. And that a woman, by the way, if a woman is always needs some sort of are we going here? Are we doing this? Get away from her. Yeah, That's but my if opinion. The advice, mm -hmm. If the advice to men is to only be with a woman who works works for the relationship with him, Definitely. and and you're talking to a man who has you know doesn't do any pursuing, right? There's no you're saying no reciprocal pursuing. Is that no? I never said that. I never okay. said that. He should he should pursue her equally, but in a completely different fashion. Meaning he's kind of setting things up for her to pursue and be valuable to the relationship. And then in that setup, here's what I'll say. If you're waiting for a woman to have a program for you, you'll be waiting a long time. Mm -hmm. Women do not have a program for a man. For a man. She doesn't. She does not have a program for a man. Equally, if you go to a job, do you have to go through a level of coaching and orientation? Yeah, for employment. But how do you? Okay, so if a woman doesn't have a program, why, why then, would that be? She's also uh, yeah, why would that be any different? If 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 you get hired and recruited by a job to earn a living, which requires structure, rules, that sort of thing, why is it that a woman is like so excited? Oh, I got a job. They're sending me to Phoenix for orientation for two weeks. Uh, they're gonna pay for my room and board. Uh, they're paying for my meals. All that you can, if you listen to conversations during that time. There's a lot of optimism and happiness and a lot of look forward to. If we talk about relationships where the man is asking or requesting the exact same thing in the relationship, now it's a problem. Why is that? Because there, there, uh, there's normally a higher level of emotional investment and connection with a, with a love relationship than with a job. Right. Not saying that people don't love their job, of course, but I think the stakes are higher for people. Right. So to feel like you're being interviewed for a job, I think for either party, you know, I feel like there's a level of, you know, but here I am just wanting to be in love and connected. And that's not to say that a lot of what you're saying is not right. On a lot of levels, both are applying for a job, right? Yep, that's true. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, 
But, you know, going back to this idea of, and I'm not against, you know, a woman putting out any level of pursuit. I do think there's something to be said for that. But biologically, the way that we've been wired, you know, over time, that's not to say that that can't be changed or that dynamics haven't shifted. You know, the man has been the, the leader, the pursuer, the pacer. So, so how, if a woman has no plan in, in your framework, if a woman- For a man, a, for herself, potentially, but not for a man. Yeah. So if a woman has no plan for a man, where is her reference for how to pursue him? Through him. He, you coach and teach a woman and groom a woman uh -huh. how to Ooh, be. Don't, coach, yo, don't use the word groom because that's that suggests all kinds of. <laughs> well, that's the word, word I'm going to use because that's the word I generally use. So, so I yeah. respect that you don't like that. But again, I believe that a man has to introduce a woman to the Benjamin way, to the Michael way, whoever's listening, to the Uncle Gunn's way. Mm -hmm. Robin equally has to enjoy. See, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the problem. Two people are trying to make something work that they don't want. They don't want it to work that way. Okay. So it would be in the best interest of the man to not to, to notice a woman who loves his way. Let me also say this, his way of doing things, if he's doing it right, is gigantic, gigantically beneficial to the woman. But if he's doing it right, he's giving her, uh, well, he will know based on her uh, her audacity to be with him. I mean, look, if you're if you're talking to some, like let's say I'm talking um, to let, let's just say I'm talking to a woman and I and I'm and I'm asking her some subtle questions. Tell me about your lifestyle. What do you like to do on the weekends? Well, typically I work Monday through Friday. Uh, I leave at about six a.m. in the morning. I'm back at around. It, it, there's a lot of commute. I, I get home around six thirty, seven o'clock. I tend to like to do things with my friends at night. Um, not every night, but maybe a Tuesday nights. I generally go out for wine with Jen on the weekends. I like to kind of get away. Sometimes I, you know, I. Does that sound to me? I'll say this: she's not wrong, but she's not compatible for me in 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 the in the realm of relationship. So what I'm saying is the right woman is going to love what the man introduces. The wrong woman is going to combat it. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Because there are women out there. There are women out there. And I'll throw it to you. There are women out there who, when I spoke, they loved it. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, my God, I love being what a man that knows what he wants. I love being under... Uh, a man's structure. I enjoy, I genuinely enjoy this kind of interaction, this chemistry. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking to a woman like I'm self-sufficient, again, you want self-sufficiency, but there's a level, there's some women out there who absolutely love to be under a man's control. I absolutely agree with that. Mm -hmm. And like I say, there's a cap for every bottle. I think the important thing though is if you're someone who wants to be completely in control, you have to understand that, first of all, it's usually the submissive that's actually in control, right? So in, if, you, if you, we're talking about the dynamics of, of dominance and submission, ultimately the submissive is the one who actually controls how things go. I agree with that. I agree I, that she, I agree with that, yes. And I think the, the, the energy of the controller, so there are relationships where the women are in control. I'm not arguing for whether one is better than the other or anything like that. I think that when you are in the position of the controller, it takes a little bit of a level of manipulation in order to maintain that spot mm -hmm. in any kind, of, any kind of relationship dynamic. And with that level of manipulation, what it does is it sparks manipulation in the submissive. So what ends up happening is that, yes, you have a dynamic. And for many people, that dynamic can work for a time being. But then, you know, those real things start to enter in where it's like, you know, all the reasons that we really have to relay and know each other and understand each other. So if I set myself up as the controller, the coach, the one who's going to groom you, the one who's going to have you be who I want you to be and, and you know, make sure that you can fit in and be along for my ride without leaving room for what could possibly be your um, 
not just your contribution to it, but also other directions that we could possibly go in because you are a partner in this situation. What I set myself up for is not only the pressure of having to carry the whole thing, but also that I'm, I'm also under someone else's manipulation. So there's, and it's not a real connection if it's just about me controlling you. And I say all of that saying that I'm not in disagreement that the dynamic of a man leading the relationship, like I'm comfortable with that dynamic on a, in a lot of levels. And I know that there are different women who are, so there are some women who are very uncomfortable with that idea. There's some women who are like ready to be 100% submissive, whatever you want, sir, I will do it for you. So I, I think that there has to be room for what anybody would prefer. So I'm not saying your way is wrong. But I, I do think that you want to be really cognizant and aware of if I set myself up as the controller, what am I really setting myself up for? And I respect that. Sustainable. Because mm -hmm. one day you might be the one in the hospital bed and she has to make a decision. I think I lost you, Candace. I don't know if people, uh, I think I lost your audio there. Well, there you, I hear you back. Yeah, you're back now. Yeah. You're back. Yes, yes. I think I accidentally I think I think I, I like the fact that this is kind of a um, this is a conversation that is a little confronting. I think this is a good thing. Mm -hmm. So I want you to know that uh, I like the way this is going because it's forcing feedback that is uncomfortable, probably to listeners. Okay, I don't think it's uncomfortable for us. Uh, but I, I think it will be uncomfortable. And in these, and the more uncomfortable these conversations are, I think the more resolution is, is possible. Um, I think in my experience, when we get into this, um, let's just be free. Let's just be, let's just be free. We'll just kind of like allow a lot of individuality and, you know, I, and I'm not saying you said that, however, there, it was, it's alluded to a little bit in your talking points mm -hmm. that there has to be this allowance of expression and there has to be this, just this unconditional love. And I like that. And that's true. And I, and I, and I live a lot of my life that way, Yeah. but not with people I want to be with long-term. Mm. I don't want to be with someone long-term with no rules, with no <laughs> regulations, with no standard. Uh, I am not. And also there are some men out there that that are passive. Like I coach a lot of passive men and they're struggling in relationships with disrespect. I'm speaking for those men. Now I coach a tremendous amount of men that are passive, no direction, easy going, whatever you want, babe. And these guys are being disrespected by women. Now, I know what you're going to say, and I agree with you that these are unhealthy women that they've decided to go in a relationship with. But let's face it, we live in a world where there, to, to some large degree, that more people are unproductive in relationships versus productive in relationships. And that's why the world is uh, should be appreciative of, of people like Candace Harper who can help align you with maybe the health that you're lacking. Okay. And, 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 you know, I'll speak for her, but you know, here's what I'll say. It's important in my opinion that the man, again, if I meet a woman who is a go-getter academic takes care of herself, that's a beautiful thing. That doesn't mean we need to be together. Mm -hmm. I can date you. I, we can date. We can go, we can travel. You can come on a business trip with me and maybe I'll go on a business trip with you. But that doesn't mean we should be together. It doesn't mean we shouldn't either. Mm -hmm. But it's important. I feel that the man has knows exactly what kind of woman he wants. And he doesn't. And even with you, like you said, forcing a man. You said this earlier with your prior relationship. That was probably the worst. Mm -hmm. You said that the two of you were kind of hoping that there would be change. Mm -hmm. No change is on the horizon. Yeah, Change is an, is an individualized decision. And change happens with evolution and it happens at different times circumstances and sometimes loss and pain help contribute to change and yeah. so so i just feel like in my position for all the men that i coach and to stay committed to my talking points that it has to begin and end with the man and it, and that she has to see it as a delight she has to see the life as a delight and and there are women out there there are women that are like, I absolutely love this man telling me exactly what to do on a daily basis. And, and I, and as you said, uh, that the submissive is, uh, how did you word that? I want to make sure I don't misquote you. Well, ultimately the submissive is in control, like in dynamics of, of dominance and, and submission, 
the submissive also there's there's been studies on it and just the psychology of it like i've read about the psychology of it a lot because I, like i said i'm someone who i like a man who has a level of dominance not someone who feels like they're training me to be a human being but someone who like has a level of i want to lead this let me yeah. you know I, I plan this out baby let's go I, I like that in a man who's confident enough to do that but when there is a high level of dominance and and submission is required Ultimately, it's the submissive that ends up in control because the submissive starts to learn what to do and not to do to make the controller, whether they want to uh, inspire anger in them or, or uh, sexual feelings or whatever it is, the submissive starts to train the controller. And it's a, it's a relationship of manipulation, which if that's what you're down for, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. Like everybody yeah. should have the choice of what they want. The energy they uh, I like this point of manipulation. I think manipulation is good. I think you have to manipulate things in order to create something. Mm. Um, like if I have clay, if I want to create a vase, now you're, you're going to say that's an inanimate object. Inanimate objects. You know, we're talking about human beings here. But in order to form something, there has to be manipulation. I look at manipulation as a good thing. I think uh, sometimes you do have to manipulate people to motivate them to discover what's best for them. Um, I you oftentimes use it. There's something that you said earlier about mm -hmm. uh, needing a person to change, right? So how do you groom and coach and, and move someone along mm -hmm. without needing mm -hmm. them to change? Because that needing them to change is what develops toxicity and problems. That's a good question. Um, I like to listen to people talk and then I like to watch their actions afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so that'll tell me everything I need to know about that person. And so like me, I can tell you exactly how I wake up every day, how I'm going to wake up and go to bed, God willing, the rest of the year. There is structure behind everything that I do and there is intention. Now, is that always enjoyable, Candice? No. Mm -hmm. No, I will tell you that I find enjoyment in the releasing of control sometimes. Mm -hmm. However, there still has to be a certain level of maintenance. Main, you have to maintain structure. I mean, things will fall apart. So I will tell you from a spiritual aspect, the uncontrolling moments of my life are quite enjoyable. It's a nice vacation from the egoic realm. It's a nice vacation. However, I still have to maintain the, that realm to the best of my ability. So, you know, and, and as you alluded to that, the woman, the submissive is the controller. I think both of them actually can learn how to be uh, for the maybe not the word controller, but I think and even in controlling a woman, are you really controlling her? Or are you just kind of introducing her to, to stability? Mm -hmm. I, I see I have a different viewpoint. I don't want you, don't be here if you don't want to be here. Don't be here if you don't like me. Don't be here if you don't like seeing my face on the pillow when we wake up. Don't be here if you don't like um, the lifestyle. Don't be here if you don't like looking across from me at dinner and hearing my very matter-of-fact tone in the way I speak. I don't really raise my voice too much, you know, maybe on camera, but when I'm talking in, 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 in you know, in real life, everything is just very even, very straightforward. Uh, a woman, if a woman genuinely loves that, that's the woman I should be with. Yeah. And, 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 and I want men to know that don't force women are not wrong. If they don't like your style, mm -hmm. they're not wrong because there's going to be another dude. She might like his style more. Now there are different con contributions or reasons why you might gravitate to a certain personality. For example, some women might want a weaker man. I want a man I can lead. I want a man that I can, you know, uh, put my foot on his neck and he's going to go for it. There are women like that. So sometimes this happens in reverse. You know, what, what my talking point is what the woman wants to do. Uh, but who am I to say that's wrong? If there's a man out there that's like, oh, I love how dominant she is. I if he genuinely enjoys a woman like that and that dynamic is working for the two of them, why stop it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. And there's a couple of things that you that you also pointed to and or came up for me as you were talking, because we were thinking, you know, you were talking in terms of control. And here's the thing about control that I, I definitely know is true for women. I believe is true for men as well. 
Um, and I have never heard anything, and maybe you have a point to the contrary that will have me see this in a different perspective. I feel like when we, when we are present to needing to have control, it's because there is a deep-seated fear. When we are present to, to and this is not to, to take away from needing structure. I agree with you about structure. I think that you know, once you know what you're creating in your life, that structure and integrity are very important. But that need for control in a relationship, underneath that, there is a fear. That's what I've experienced as far as working with women and even men that I've, I've you know, been in conversation with, you know, did matchmaking for, did some work with. There's always a fear underneath that. And so that's why I think yeah. that need for control or that, that setting up of having control can be a very slippery slope as far as, you know, emotional wellness in a relationship. You're right. Uh, you're right. However, uh, I'm going to just get offer a, a perspective that I've, I've taught before. Fear is good. Mm. Fear, fear in some instances is very good. Fear, and I, and I, as a matter of fact, in my book, I describe fear as your friend. Sometimes fear is a good thing. It, it's a roadblock. It, it sometimes keep, uh, prevents you from going too far. As human beings, sometimes we don't know when to quit. Sometimes fear is good. Uh, I, th I think you have to have a different relationship with fear. I think love and fear can can join at some time. You know, it doesn't have to be this is love or this is fear and it's one or the other. I, I think sometimes fear, if you have a different relationship with fear, can be very helpful to you in your relationship. Um, well, also, tell me how in, in a love relationship, how fear is good. And I don't mean that like I mean that as you know, just looking for an example to kind of wrap my mind around that idea. 